You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Rune Terra. I am one of your hosts, the Lift or Mark from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight, I have my ever faithful and legendary co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Ready for the weekend. Ready for the weekend, and right after the weekend is the release of the new expansion. The new expansion coming up Tuesday, man. It got here pretty fast. It did. It did. And we got lots to talk about. We delayed this episode. We delayed this episode a little bit um, because, well, we didn't get all of the cards that we wanted to review. And then we thought, like, maybe we'll get lucky and get the announcement of the new region, the formal announcement. And we did. So we get to talk. This week's episode is coming out a couple of we did two episodes last week. This week's episode is going to get delayed a couple of days. But we are going to uh, be able to talk about the PNZ cards that got uh, revealed, the uh, Ionia cards that got revealed. And the beginning of the new the new stuff, uh, the new region, and some of the cards that got revealed for that, and the new keywords. So there's lots, there's no shortage of Legends of Rune Terra stuff to talk about tonight. Absolutely no shortage. And uh, and we both have been playing a decent amount of LOR this week. Uh, so uh, how about you, man? What have what have you been experimenting with? What have you been playing with? Yeah, I'm all over the place this week. I. Uh... <clears throat> I kind of was playing some of my standard stuff uh, and I just kept seeing some cool ideas. I guess I felt like in an experimenting mood. Uh, So I I would see a deck that looked cool and then I would try to build it and replicate it. And I tried out a couple deck codes that people were messing with in the discord. Um, So the the one that had me the most amused uh, was the Freljord Noxus Yeti deck. Uh, and, and I just, I kind of like theme decks sometimes, but it was a nice little blend and actually handled a lot of control decks quite well, being able to bring out a lot of big bodied, uh, stats. I, I mean, I guess control decks, you know, non shadow isles control ones without ruinations. Um, but yeah. it also could draw tons of cards with Trifarian assessor, which was a card that I've been looking at for a while and trying to like, you know, implement. But the cool thing about yetis is they're five mana. Uh, or five power and then uh when you're omen hawking and uh putting out you know avarice and hearth guards you're buffing up the trifarian assessor so i believe that was uh formula some numbers formula 408 i believe that was their deck i don't know if it was originally their deck but i think that's the one i took was that list uh and i had a ton of fun with that i also uh watched a couple of silver fuses videos there's been some really cool ones where she's been experimenting with starlet seer and it was interesting because we discussed uh starlet seer uh when the kind of buff came out and i was talking about how i i felt like it had a very niche to, uh, scenario where it would be good in which you would want to be playing aggressive and playing for the board but also have a lot of spells to throw around and what's cool is that she built two decks that were doing just that one had uh, it pairing with elusives to try to use those buffs and land them on elusive creatures but the other one uh, was with PNZ and uh, and trying to uh, play pretty aggressively with like a discard package and using things like rummage 
and the scrap scuttling card and also of course using uh the things with some of the puff cap cards the mushroom clouds or whatever uh to be those spells that you could pair with uh the starlet seer and buff your creatures up really big and i actually played some of that on the ladder and it was a ton of fun and i won more than i lost i don't think it's the strongest deck but it's definitely a blast to mess around with so i just yeah like i said i was a little bit all over the place this week and i loved it and i'm i'm kind of in that you know kind of crafting you know experimenting mood and so i'm going to be so ready for the new stuff when it comes out next week yeah there are there are so many things that i'm excited for for tuesday but here's the craziest part is with the hype that's around this game around the stuff that's coming out and how excited i am for that stuff i have actually played more legends of runeterra this week than i have yet in the open beta um, absolutely more this week than I did in the open beta the whole time. I mean, not combined, but in any given week, this week I've definitely played the most. And this is when most people would be playing the least because you're just kind of waiting for the new stuff. And you, But I've been just digging it. Like, I, you know, I, I resurrected a lot of the feelings that I had when I got to play in one of the closed beta weekends. And in that closed beta weekend, I just really couldn't get enough of sort of like the back and forth. And, and I was just really addicted to the effects of the entire game, the cosmetics of the game, the mechanics of the game, um, the back and forth nature of the game, all of those things were stuff that was just like, man, this is really jiving with me. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I love it because it's kind of given me some old school Magic the Gathering feels without all of the, the negativity that I associate with a lot of Magic the Gathering that I've played. It's given me a little bit of the Hearthstone feel. I will admit that I, I did miss Elder Scrolls Legends this week a little bit um, as I was playing so much Legends <laughs> Runeterra because there were just some aspects of it was honestly the aesthetic like I was missing some of the aesthetic because I'm still playing Elder Scrolls Online and so as I was playing some Elder yeah, Scrolls yeah. Online it was making me miss the aesthetic of Elder Scrolls Legends um, not a lot of the pain that's associated with that game but that so anyway I've been playing a lot and I've been playing almost exclusively Ash decks mid-range Frailyord has just been kind of my jams it's interesting that you played Yetis this week because I have basically been playing that like the the four mana four three noxus card that draws cards for each creature with five or more power has kind of been my bread and butter like that is my it was originally a reckoning deck that i got the idea from charmer from when he was on the show i've talked about the deck a couple of times but i personally think the deck is just really strong it it very it seems more like it would be a very strong tournament deck it's not the strongest ladder deck because it mm. it dominates certain decks but there are other decks that it can just do nothing against so like really grindy control decks like really grindy ones that have shadow isles in them and ruination in it it really can't beat but like a lot of the and then and then stuff where you really need to interact with something on your opponent's board um that they're trying to guard it's not fantastic at targeting and removing those sorts of things because it has to do it all with challenger but all of the other stuff there it just feels so good that the deck can flip because of ash from being a defensive deck to an offensive deck and I love that because I'm just going, I'm defending, I'm defending, I'm defending. I level up Ash. I'm like, okay, well, this turn, yeah, you have me on the ropes, but you have 14 life left because I've been, you know, dinging at you here and there. I have a couple of Hearth Guards on the board and an Ash. 
I can now freeze your entire board, make everything incapable of blocking and kill you. And it's so often that that happens that you can flip the switch against an aggressive deck and move from sort of saving my life, saving my life to now I'm the aggressor and I'm going to take you out in one, one or sometimes two turns has been really enjoyable. And then I've been playing Mage Seekers, my Ash Mage Seekers deck that runs Ash Lux. And um, mm -hmm. I just like it because I like Lux, to be honest with you. Um, the games that it wins, it typically wins pretty handedly. Um, but anything aggressive with those Mage Seeker decks, the type that we were playing is just like really hard to... It actually does better against control because it plays so many beefy creatures. Um, but it, against anything that's like hyper aggressive, spiders or you know Draven, Draven uh, Jinx, anything like that, oh, you just you just absolutely fall apart against that sort of stuff. So there's not much you can yeah. do about it. But uh, but yeah, I had a ton of fun. Uh, in fact, I was down here grinding for a couple of hours today. Just had some some free time and played for a couple of hours way past when. I was done being, you know, rewarded. I was no longer being rewarded for losses at all. And I was not being, you know, way, way past my typical three wins, finish my, get my three wins, finish my quest. Maybe I'll play an extra game or two, but that's typically where I end each day. Um, and mm. didn't do that this time. Played a lot this week. So that was super, super cool. Super cool. Um, we got a lot of new cards to talk about, though. A lot of yeah. new cards. A lot of them. We'll we'll have to we'll have to do our best to not take forever, and that I'm gonna I'm gonna start slapping myself on the wrist as we go. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, you know, I tell you what, what we can do though, let's let's sort of trade off back and forth on going. I have these cards up on the stream, so if you have not joined in on the stream for us, I have been trying to stream the episodes live at Twitch.tv/slash The Lift, which is my which is my channel. Um, so if you want to tune in live, we typically do it at around like. 9-ish p.m. um 9 9:30 p.m. EST on Wednesday nights although that has changed up uh like tonight we're doing it on a Friday um and then I also just want to remind you that next episode episode 13 we're going to be talking about our initial reactions with the new cards because it will be like on the day that the mobile client comes out we'll be recording our next episode and it will also be the last opportunity to leave a rating and review on iTunes for us um, so that you can enter the drawing for a Legends Cast hat. We did get the hats in this week, and they're the wrong the wrong hats. Um, so we got <laughs> 12 free hats, as it turns out. Um, and we're going to give some of those free hats away as well. But we are getting 12, like, legit nice snapback hats. These ones were not as nice of a hat. They're not a bad hat. I actually really like it. Um, I just, if you're like me and you have a large head... They don't look fantastic on my large head, so <laughs> we're we're waiting now uh, through you know Virusville to um, to get our next next our next grouping of hats. Um, <laughs> would be a really untimely game to have released right now. Uh, in in the board game world, they just there's like a, a game that just came out. Uh, it's like a, a controlling a, an infectious disease game that just like a really untimely release that just came that just came out and the way they made up for it but was that they're going to give like a certain amount of money to to, to direct to direct relief during the coronavirus <laughs> from each purchase that's made they cut into their profits in order for it not to look like horrible publicity um <laughs> yeah. uh well i tell you what I, why don't we trade off and why don't you take us through one whole set of cards and i'll take us through another set do you want to take us through the pnz cards do you have them up or uh, i can do it yeah go ahead and uh 
Yeah, I'm interested to see what you think about these PNZ cards. Okay, okay. So let's start. Well, so uh, wait, so you're you're gonna so just to, for the formatting, you're gonna like introduce them. Uh, I'll, each of them. I'll, inter go? I'll introduce each of them, and then you can introduce each of the ones from my own. Yeah, how's that sound? All right, does that sounds good? That okay, sounds good. and then and then we'll we'll dive into the new stuff. So let's start off with card reviews. Let's boogie. Okay, in the card reviews, we're going to be looking at P and Z first. So that's Pultover and Zon. These are the cards that are coming out in the most recent expansion. And we got to kick it off right. We do not have a new keyword for P and Z, but we do have some new mechanics that they're playing around with. But let's start off by talking about Vi. Vi is the new champion. Um, she is a five mana, two five with challenger and tough. So that challenger means, of course, she's going to be able to choose her defender and that tough meaning that every time she takes damage, she's going to take one less damage from that source. She says, while I am in play or in hand, grant me plus one plus zero when you play another card up to a maximum of plus eight plus zero. So she does not have breakthrough, but she can, if you've played eight cards while she was either on the border in your hand, come down at a 10 five with challenger and tough. Likely if you get her in your starting hand, and you're playing a game, she's, you know, she's probably going to come down at least as a 5-5, five, five, maybe a 6-5 with Challenger Tough, likely. And then when she has, when she, when I strike for 10 or more, so that isn't, and how I'm looking at this, this is one strike. This is not multiple. It's not going to add up. You have to strike for yeah. 10 in one turn. She's going to level up. And her level up form is a 5-mana 10-6 with Challenger and Tough. And it reads, when I strike a unit while attacking, deal five damage to the enemy nexus. And I'm pretty confident that this has been confirmed that she's striking while attacking. So once you initiate the attack, you can then use things kind of like the dual card that allows her to strike another creature. Things like judgment that allows her to strike each defending creature on the opponent's board. Um, things like even like Draven's Draven's ability, his his spell that allows Whirling her to death. strike. Whirling Death allows her to strike something. And each of those strikes, including the one that she would make on that turn, all of them would deal five damage to the enemy nexus. So if you're able to pull off, you know, three and then have her actually strike the thing that she's challenging, it's a 20 damage OTK. Straight up kill. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. So I'll give you my initial thought on Vi. My initial thought on Vi is one of the things that I like about her is that she doesn't necessarily have to be a build around card. Every card that we have in P and Z is really build around. Like for the most part, Teemo, you're wanting to build around him. Although there has been some new Teemo decks we even talked about last week with that are just aggro centric. But for the most part, you want to build around Teemo. With a Heimerdinger, you don't throw him in any deck. You want to build around the Heimerdinger. With Jinx, you want to build a discard package, typically around Jinx to make the most of her. Um, and our last PNZ champion is Ezreal. Ezreal also goes in combo decks. He's typically not just a, oh, this is a solid card, we throw him in. Like maybe you are something very similar, like Garen, for example, in Demacia, is the type of card where you might just look and say, I don't really have another champion that I want to hear. This is just a straight up good card. I'm just going to throw this in my deck. Yeah. Garen and Darius, yeah. Yeah, and Garen Hecarim. and Darius. Yeah, Darius, Hecarim. I would say even Zed to a certain extent. Like oh, you, Zed, definitely, yeah, yeah. You can just throw Zed in because he's just good. You don't have to play around with ephemerals or mess around with that. Just play Zed. 
Um, Vi kind of feels that way. Yes, you could use her in an all-out combo deck, but I think a lot of times she's just a card that rewards you for playing the game, and she's the only PNZ champion that does that pretty well. Um, and she seems like a pretty solid mid-range PNZ card that you're definitely not going to want her. I don't know how terribly easy she is to level up. That's my only concern for her, to make sure that you get a 10 damage strike in. Um, in order to do that, you just might be venturing into turns where your opponent can just interact with her and get rid of her before she can level up. But I, I could definitely be wrong about that. Um, but, uh, but DBN, what are your thoughts on Vi? Yeah, I'm not really sure how to read this card, to be completely honest. Or rather, I know exactly what the intended effect is, but I don't know how it's going to affect the meta. The problem I have with this card is it's, in many ways, another Fiora. Um, albeit one that comes down a little bit later, but has a little bit more kind of wide-reaching utility and, and doesn't have to be played kind of with the dueling and protecting strategies. I mean... The cool thing about Vi is that, you know, that's going to take two pieces of removal, uh, two pieces of damaging removal to kill her or one thermogenic beam. Basically, it's going to take a lot of mana to kill Vi, whereas it doesn't take much mana to kill Fiora. Absolutely. Um, but it's but it's basically a kind of it fits in alongside the Fiora, Ezreal uh, kind of combo alternate win condition. I mean, it's not truly an alternate win condition. Uh, but Ezreal is, for all intents and purposes, like a, a burn OTK adjacent card. Fiora yeah. is an alternate win condition outright. Vi is going to be a very similar thing. Um, and you know people are going to try playing her. You, I don't even think you need judgment with this. I think Vi, you can, you can, Vi might be viable uh, with just like Whirling Death, with just like uh, the dual one, which I can never remember the name. Personal, single, single combat, single combat. Personal combat, single One combat. I'm, 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 I'm single, combat. single combat. Sure. Uh, the thing is, Challenger makes it very wide-reaching in terms of applicability, uh, which is why I think this is exactly what you said—a good stuff uh, PNZ champion. Which you're right, and I think it's a not bad design from that perspective. I actually don't think it's bad design in general. I am concerned because this strikes me as the type of card that I don't like to play against. Like I don't enjoy playing against cards like this, where basically it's kind of like the um, old school D&D save or die, right? Mm. That mechanic. You either have the answer or you die. You either roll that deck save or you die. There's no middle ground. There's no lingering kind of conditions. This strikes me in the same way that I don't really care for Fiora, uh, which is uh, you drop everything and kill this, or you lose the game. There's not going to be a lot of situations. Just again, this could change, but my reading it here without the knowledge of how the decks will evolve, uh, I'm concerned this will be a situation where there's not going to be a lot of, you know, oh, let me play around Vi. Let me try to avoid dealing with Vi and win the game that way. Um, sure. Now, what you're are saying aggro is decks going to be able to get under it? probably probably but not necessarily because it's not just play i think if this was when you play a character i would be or a follower or whatever they're called i would be way more on board with this card but because you could play vi in a deck where you're running any number of removal spells and those cards buff vi 
you know, I, I'm not saying you can't get under it with aggro and maybe, maybe that will be the way to play, but it, it also pairs with so many different factions. It'll pair with Demacia. It'll pair with Freljord, I'm sure, because it can buff things in hand and deck. Yeah. You know, it can pair with Noxus in the same way. Cause that has lots of, you know, attack buffs, you know? So I'm just worried that it's going to be hard to deal with that. And then on the flip side, okay, I'm play Vi. I'm going to do this cool thing. And here's a vengeance. Well, okay. Sure. I mean, there's going to be a pretty clear way. It it sort of depends on what this card ends up looking like, right? If this card ends up fitting in decks where it's more of like a mid-range PNZ, maybe like a mid-range, or, or maybe it's like an, an aggro tool in like a PNZ Noxus deck. And it's like, okay, we understand what you're trying to do with this. And when it levels up, it's great. But a lot of times, it maybe it won't. Um, or if it's in a combo deck where, okay, you're going to play this card and you're going to win through it if you can protect it long enough, um, then I, th those give me two different, but I can see it going either way, right? Like I could, like the new card, the, the card that just got buffed in Noxus that gives your supported ally plus three plus zero in Overwhelm, like that is very strong. Like a leveled up Vi challenging a spider does nine damage, well, nine, uh, 10, 12 damage through the spider if it gets plus three plus zero and overwhelm and then does an additional five to you so you're taking 17 points of damage from the vi in that situation like she could be a very strong she could be stronger than darius in in, an, in a finishing well, an aggro deck type of format yeah and my concern with vi is simply that it's going to what i think it's intended to do is give you a kind of mid-rangey win condition but I'm worried it's going to get taken into OTK territory where it's kind of doubling down on things we already have with Fiora and challenging and fighting things. It's just going to be instead of striking them to win the game with Fiora, it's striking them to deal a bunch of burst damage. And I guess I'm just concerned because I don't enjoy playing that style of game. I don't really like, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people that like playing against like an Ezreal burn OTK. Um, it's it's not that I don't like that it exists. It's rather that I just don't prefer to play against it. And so that's my thinking with Vi is that if it goes that combo route, I think it's going to turn a lot of games into very linear. Do I have removal immediately? If so, yay. If not, game over. You know, uh, so it's going to create some non-games, I think. Other than that, I do have one major, like, I don't think that, for the record, I don't feel like what I just said was a complaint. But I do have one major complaint about this. Her arms are so dang skinny. How does she hold these things <laughs> on her hands? Okay, here's my main complaint. The artwork on her un unleveled up form is cooler than her artwork on her leveled up form. Maybe I agree. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people think don't so. think so. But I think her, level, her leveled up form is a lot lamer than her her first form. I'm never going to want to level her up because she looks so yeah. cool before she gets leveled up. She does look cooler. Can confirm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the armor is supposed to be like a, oh, I'm fancier because I have different armor on or something, but I, I don't know. I'm just like, yo, like if this was like Zarya level buff, like where, like holding these gauntlets, I'd buy it, you know, <laughs> like Doomfist. These are Doomfist gauntlets, but she's got twig arms. She is you know? pretty thin. Like, let's get this girl some protein. Yeah, there's no girls in the League of Legends universe that take on a great amount of protein other than the, the one chick that summons tentacles. I think she's the only one. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to hold out for uh, my girl Zarya to somehow find her way into Runeterra's universe. Just explore her way over and 
Jesus, Boom, it's, just a, it's cross cross uh what do they call it where they have a different uh, IPs? uh yeah cross universe cross yeah. ip yeah, yeah, yeah blizzard gonna... and riot will totally team up absolutely that's, that's totally gonna happen they're not clearly competitors you heard it here our only complaints is the aesthetic the aesthetic the artwork uh, but yeah uh, well you know just while we're on this uh there was a card game called versus system where marvel and dc were shared a card game see? and you could play them together so anything can happen it could happen we're calling it here the blizzard riot crossover um <laughs> legend of hearth terra <laughs> and then and then we're gonna get uh dota 2 to come over and get their cards mixed up in here as well just just mash them all together yeah <laughs> i don't even know how to fit like artifact in there but i hear that's kind of getting some like oh hey we're fixing artifact and everyone's like cool please don't please don't yeah, do it that's where I, that's at least that's where i'm at yeah <laughs> please don't now, do vault it. breaker this this card actually has me intrigued little jazz so this is a three mana uh rare pnz spell this is burst it is the i'm um, like it, it is the 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 vi spell um it is give an ally plus two plus zero this round and then create a fleeting vault breaker in hand so if you're you know sitting on 12 mana um you can cast this four times get plus eight plus zero um burst just in your your opponent can't interact with it at all so it's interesting that this is burst and fleeting you could also if you have you know you're sitting on 12 mana you could spread four of these things out across multiple things or you know your opponent blocks and doesn't do anything to one of your creatures you're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna pump him up for four extra damage if you have six mana sitting around so it's pretty versatile um you're not getting as much bang for your buck with this right as some other cards um you know you could pay three and get plus three plus zero on the ionia card we're getting a new one from frail yord that's four for plus four plus four those are also burst but you're getting the versatility of the fact that this creates a fleeting version of itself in your hand um which i think i don't know if it's good but it's interesting and i like that they did that yeah i like the fleeting whatever or basically echo from hearthstone mm -hmm. i enjoy that mechanic as i think that i like that there are cards that yeah it's just okay by itself but that has that upside to get additional uses out of it cast extra spells now that's the important part right yeah. oh cast x number of spells well this will count for four spells or three spells without actually taking three cards out of your hand you know what with you know in a lot of decks and card games you know your the number of cards in your hand is a resource right and so this basically allows you to anything that wants you to play multiple spells in a turn you can play three vault breakers uh and can you get that value out of whatever that synergistic pairing is even if vault breaker you know for nine mana is nowhere near as efficient as the the trendomir battle rage whatever one yeah plus um, eight plus four and and notably too, you know, you can distribute this amongst multiple characters. So you know, I can vault breaker one guy; it'll come back to my hand. I'll vault breaker a second person if I want to make two trades at the same time with one card. Yep. You know, um. So that is, that is where that flexibility is is awful handy. I like this card a lot, not because I think it's super good, but because I think that the it has a um good design philosophy behind it. Now, in comparison to, let's say, back-to-back, uh, -back, which can give two creatures plus three plus three for six mana, you spend six mana, you're mm -hmm. giving two creatures plus two plus zero, it is a lot worse 
than back. Yeah, to but back. it comes online earlier. Yes, you can use is, it a little bit earlier. Yeah, you yeah. can use it on three instead of you know on, once again only you, on six. You're so. trading a good bit of efficiency, which are probably axes that we could talk about at one point or another, right? You're trading some efficiency here for um for some versatility. Um, and yeah, I, you know, and there's going to be times, right. Where you're going to get this randomly off of something in a, in a Heimerdinger deck and you're going to be able to generate, you know, three turrets in your hand, um, that all have elusive three, one with elusive because of this thing. Um, and, uh, and you'll be really happy when that happens. So, you know, yeah, there's definitely some decks that just, or like, uh, you're going to play your Ezreal deck and maybe you are playing Vi Ezreal for some reason. And, um, you get a couple of these, you know, you get a, a second Vi in your hand it turns into one of these and you cast it a few times maybe you know that's is there anything that reduces the cost that passively reduces the cost of spells i don't believe so not yet because i know that you can like progress day and reduce you know the first mm -hmm. one but it'll come back but if you had a card that would be like and that's where maybe you start worrying about this card for future design or maybe it's i'm not gonna say like worried but you know keep an eye on it if there's ever a way to like have a you know a creature on board that or three creatures on board that say reduce the cost of your spells by one then this is infinite attack buff yes just so everybody's aware yeah that combo could um, exist could exist someday so we got some new type of cards, um, some new pseudo mechanics that are coming out in this in the new set. So uh, for PNZ, we got the Veteran Investigator. He is a two mana three two, which is a good stat block to begin with. He is uh, an uncommon, and it is when I am summoned, all players draw one. So good. Yeah, very very good. Good. Yeah, two mana three I two that lets you draw if you're in control. You maybe want this to defend the board if you're in aggro this you won't really care because it's a two mana three two so it's aggressively statted minion and you don't care if your opponent necessarily has more cards because they're they can't play all the cards in their hand ever anyway yeah so you know what yeah i put think cards as in aggro their hand. i think as aggro you really like this card i think um i think this is as as combo you really like mm -hmm. this card um i think just this is a card that is gonna see I don't want to see it, say it's going to see rampant play because I don't believe that. Uh, but I do think this is a card that's going to be in decks for quite a while. Anything that says draw a card, no matter what the cost, is always on the table to be played in decks, always. Um, and there are plenty of examples of decks where it doesn't matter uh, if my opponent gets resources. It matters if I'm accelerating myself towards a, a combo. Or it matters if my cards are, on average, much better than their cards. So it doesn't matter if they have a card because mine's going to counter it. There's just so many situations where all players draw a card is fine. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly fine. And, and like I think his stat block isn't so understated. In fact, he's, he's slightly above average stat distribution on the aggressive side, which is not as good as on the defensive side. But on the whole, yeah, this is, I think, a great card and a funny-looking art to boot. So yeah. I'm behind it yeah i like the mechanic i don't love the art this isn't i mean <laughs> i'm glad that dbn does uh, the, i think it's funny looking it's sherlock holmesy but like with a weird uh you know fluffy eared guy i don't know what those things are called but uh yeah, no, i find it amusing yeah the same thing that uh you know tristan and the nars and timo are the uh the yurtles they're yurtles that's what they are um cool. okay i thought yurtle was a turtle well it might be it might be a turtle I mean, and Seuss, these things. Dr. Seuss told me that Yertle was a turtle. Well, I learned that in an early age. I would say if you learned it at that age, it's more correct. So, 
Yeah. You oh, heard cool. it first. You heard it first from Dr. Seuss. So he's a turtle. Dr. Seuss is on the Runeterra design team. He confirmed. is. Absolutely. The Yurtle design team. Um, the next one is Patrol Wardens. It is a three mana, uh, un, it is a three mana uncommon, um, four three that is when i'm drawn i cost one less this round so just be really clear if this starts in your hand it is not a two mana four three um or maybe it is just for the first round but it, it's going to go back to three mana if you don't play it the round that you draw it so this card is very good as uh, on turn two if you draw it on turn two it is a two mana four three it is incredible that that's very strong. That will that is a really good in an aggro deck. It is a three mana four three when you don't draw it on turn two. Um, do you want that in aggro deck? I'm not sure. There might be some. There might be some stuff. It seems a lot of like the aggro in this game is more focused around like. Uh, not just straight stats, but they want to be able to do something in addition to that. So last breath, when I die, I deal two damage to you. When I attack, I deal one or two damage to you. So they want to make sure that they're pushing their damage through because of the way that blocking works in this game. So I'm not hot on this card. I know some people thought that it was like, this is crazy or whatever. Um, I, I'm not I'm not hot on this card. I don't know if you are DBN. Uh, this... <clears throat> This card would be very, very strong in Hearthstone. It would be very, very strong in Tessel um, because a lot of aggro decks there want to tempo out, you know, two drops, especially as soon as they draw them. And having multiple two drops out, having multiple three drops out uh, is advantageous because you have the initiative of do you want to take the favorable trades? Do you want to go to the face? Um, that is not how things work in Runeterra. So this being overstated is not as big of a deal, um, especially if this was a three, four, I would say absolutely. This is a card to be looking out for, but it still gets traded into uh, by anything with three attack. It still gets removed by anything that does three damage, of which there's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that Patrol Wardens is fascinating from the perspective of it's kind of a trap card, uh, but there's still justification to play it if there's ever a PNZ deck that wants to play aggro by establishing a dominant board position. The only thing with that is you typically want to play those with something that will buff an entire board over time. Playing overstated creatures and keeping them more and more overstated, something like a Bannerman or Dawn Spiders or whatever. Sure. Right? PNZ doesn't have that in particular. They do have that one card, which I was looking at, that buffs all one drops when they get summoned. Yeah, so uh, play against this that is today. Not a one drop. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool. Uh, but uh, but this is not that case. The thing is, I think a lot of people read it and they're like, oh my God, it's a two mana four three. But it's not. Because if you draw it in your opening hand, it's a three mana four three. If you draw it on turn two, that is the absolute best situation ever but you could still also play sump dredger i think that's the card and have that same you know two mana four three uh is it even a three four which in sump dredger is three four it's even better um is that the one that so makes you like, discard a card you discard a card and it, is play a, an it is a two, two mana four three but you have to you have to discard one, but it is four three right uh, so, like, my thought on that is simply, like, Patrol Wardens, you're, you know, people are going to have a game where, oh, my God, a Patrol Wardens came down on turn two, you know, screenshot it and post it to Reddit. Uh, but, like, on average, you're not going to draw this 
exactly on turn two. The one card that you draw on your turn two is not going to be this very often. And sure, on turns three and four, if you draw it and it's that one card, well, that's great. Um, you know, but like I said, by that point, by the time you get to turns three and four, an overstated creature does less for you because they, you know, your opponent as an aggro deck gets to choose the priority of trading. Uh, so, I mean, it'll probably see some some play, uh, but it's not going to be, you know, the end of the world. Um, definitely not. First yeah. thing I looked at was this card's a bit of a trap. Like, it's going to lead some yeah. people astray, I think. I think people are going to experiment with it first. I think it's going to fall off pretty quickly. Could be could be proven so. wrong, but that's what I think. The next one is the Insightful Investigator. This is a four mana three three rare that reads, and I'm a little confused about this, so maybe you have some clarity on it, DBN. Um, when you play a two cost card, draw one, and then fleeting. Mm -hmm. So okay, so I, I have three questions. One is this a four mana three three fleeting card? Two, the when you play a two cost uh. card, the card that you draw does it just become fleeting? So it's going to go away by the end of the turn. Or do you draw a copy of the two-cost card that is fleeting? I don't know for sure. I am reading this as if it is the most... Uh, the likely scenario is when you play a two-cost card, draw one copy of that card fleeting. Because I, I think that, that if it was drawing, drawing from your deck, it would say, draw one and give that card fleeting. I am pretty sure that that would be how it would be written. In that case, so my gut tells me, and you know, this is interesting because it does, you know, highlight a weakness. I think not a not a big deal, but a weakness that we've seen the Runeterra team face a few times now, which is card text not being clear. Yes, um, and sometimes they'll rush a card out without making the card text clear. Now, the good news is, unlike a game like Magic or or you know L five R you could bring it back and fix it pretty darn easy. So it's not, it's really not a bad, like if I'm going to have a, a a dev, you know, have a, a, you know, a chronic flaw in their design, having it be like unclear card text is really pretty good. Yeah. And it, it's, it's <laughs> so not like Hearthstone I'm not either. trying to nitpick. It's not like Hearthstone either, where sometimes the card text would be unclear and it would take them six months to fix it. And often they never fixed it. Um, mm. Or like two cards would say like the same thing, but mechanically they would just work differently. Um, yeah. And it just didn't so, make some of the mechanics just didn't make sense in the coding. That hasn't been the case, but you're right. This I'm like a little unsure about like what I, I think that you're right, though, because the period and sometimes punctuation on cards is very, very important. So the period is not after draw one. The period is after the word fleeting. If the, the, the period was after draw one and then fleeting was an entirely different thing, then that means that this three, three would be fleeting. It would yeah. be a four mana three, three fleeting, but it's not. So I think it's it's draw draw one and that whatever you draw becomes fleeting. But I think it, it's weird because it doesn't say draw a copy, right? It says yeah, draw that, one. And there's a number there, which makes me it's think it's, it's draw, draw one off your deck. I think, you know, because they often say create a copy. That's pretty common in the text, create a copy. So maybe just draw a card and give it fleeting. Um, the thing is with this is I, even, whichever of the two it is, I don't think this is a very good card. Um, I think that this has clear synergies with a lot of other things like a discounted patrol wardens, like a, uh, discounted gotcha, which we're going to get to a second. I mean, that's probably the clearest, mm -hmm. uh, you know, synergy. Uh, it also goes well with Ezreal's mystic shots. 
uh, both the ones that he creates and also the standard mystic shots. So, yeah. uh, is it mystic shot or arcane shot? Mystic. Sure. Mystic. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's mystic. Whichever one. We know the names uh, of the cards. We played a game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's mystic. I'm going to go with mystic. Final answer. Uh, so, uh, you know, it goes with those things, but this is a, a very pricey body. Uh, at three, three, four mana does not feel very good. And the thing is, it would be one thing if the card that you drew and or copied uh, was discounted, uh, but it's not. And it's fleeting, so you're going to have to have the mana to, to play that after playing that two-cost card, after playing this four-mana uh, uh, creature. So this four-mana follower needs to be down bef- and last and live a whole round before it really is likely to get any value. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not This is not something that you can immediately throw down and start using its ability until you get to a really late stage of the game. Uh, and so I think on average, it's going to be hard to afford this character and afford that loss of tempo that that potential, you know, value generation, you know, would give you because you don't get anything in the same way that Maokai in Shadow Isles, like we talked about last week, it's a very low tempo play on four if you curve it out. Same thing with this one. Very low tempo if you're curving it out. The only the only thing I'll say is is that maybe there will be a deck down the line that will enable this in some sort of a jank way to to combo something. Maybe not, maybe not. But you know, anytime yeah, anytime there's always... something like this that has one of these type of abilities, it always opens the door for you to like. Okay, I'm gonna have this combo in my deck and I got to get to it. So I fill my deck full of a ton of two cost removal and I get this on the board and then burn through a bunch of, I've, I've been removing, 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 then I burn through a chunk of my deck, burn through a chunk of my deck, burn through a chunk of my deck. You know, you get two of these on the board, you burn through a big chunk of your deck trying to find the cards that you want. But those combo pieces are fleeting. So I like that they gave them fleeting. It's not just draw the cards. So it's not just, uh, okay, we're just going to, you have to be able to pull the combo off that turn. Um, you know, if there's ever like a card that's like DLX damage equal to the number of cards that you drew this round, um, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's not good now. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Maybe it enables a combo in the future, but the last card may be arguably one of the, I, I maybe I'm not going to say worrisome, but one of the uh, cards I have an eye on in PNZ, it is gotcha. It is a four mana fast spell. That's uncommon. It is when drawn, it costs two less this round. So it is a, if you draw it, it's a two mana fast spell that reads deal three damage to a unit. This is just more straight up removal to go with mystic shot, to go with, uh, get excited to go with many of the other cards that are already in the PNZ package. That is quick targeted removal or can be, turned to damage the enemy nexus in order to you know speed up your win of the game if you're playing Ezreal or um, let's say you're not playing Ezreal a lot of times like Heimerdinger decks can just use those cards towards the end of the game after they've applied a little bit of pressure just to end it instead of using them as removal because they're versatile oh no this goes to only a unit though so that's important I, I didn't realize this can't this cannot go to the nexus no my bad, my bad. So it's not good for that. But it is just another piece of targeted removal for stuff on the board, um, which I think, um, I don't know if it's troublesome yet, but PNZ could get to a place where it's troublesome. It's another piece for that can early game controly package. And there will be times when you draw this on turn two and get to deal three damage to a unit, and, and that really stunts your opponent's speed, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
I think last week I talked about Noxie and Fervor as being a very, very important card to watch and how it's going to shape the game. Uh, Gotcha is the most important card of this set, and I doubt anything will change my mind that I haven't already seen. So I doubt anything from Bilgewater will change my mind. Gotcha is the most important card for the future of this game uh, that's going to come out in this set. I'm going on the record. You think so? This is me going on the record. Yes. Gotcha. (laughs) Ha. Gotcha. Well done. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We'll take it. Hey, we'll take it. It, It's just everything Mark said, and it's it just it comes down one more time to redundancy. This is one more removal in a faction that already has the most removal. That redundancy is going to warp the way decks are built for the foreseeable future. Um, and PNZ is already one of the strongest pairs, like pairing factions. Uh, and now with this, both the upside of getting it on the, you know, having a cheaper version in the early game sometimes, but just also the ability to, you know, double down on removal. This is, this is an important card. It's a little concerning. I didn't want, I did not want uh, PNZ to have another piece of removal, or at least not one that's on the same level of removal points. I wouldn't have minded a higher, you know, a more expensive single target removal or like some sort of maybe like a low grade detain. I think this would be maybe a more interesting card if it detained a creature with three or less or something like that. Uh, But uh, yeah, no, this is the most important card to come out in this set for the long term future. Not going to be the splashiest. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the one people are freaking out about on day one. But long term, this is the most important card. And uh, I'm sticking to that. Yeah, it, there, there's some... It, this this entering gives me reason to say, PNZ, geez, I mean, it's already a very controlling faction, a region. It's already kind of like mm-hmm. scary controlling um, in some ways, uh, you know, if we get some really good aggressive tools, maybe not so, but this card is very good against aggressive strats. So, um, yep. it's just, you, you, there's going to be lots of times that you play this thing for four and you don't, it doesn't bother you one bit. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, in the, with, especially with their ability to create artificial spell mana, mm-hmm. um, you know, with their, they, they don't mind, uh, you know, wasting a little extra money in the mid to late game. I mean, it, it uh, yeah, no, this is fine. It, the paying a one a one mana premium on removal when you have other removal that can that can be mana efficient if you need it to be mana efficient, and this can be less mana efficient if you don't need it to be mana efficient, right? I mean, in, in Tesla, there was always the thing of you're looking at you're playing Control Tribunal and you're looking at your hand and you're saying, okay, I've got two piercing javelins, I got a cast into time, I've got an ice storm and a dawn's wrath. Okay, which one is the uh, a, you can go, which one's the most efficient in a term where you need to be efficient? Mm-hmm. And then you can go in a term where you know you don't need to be efficient. Well, which one's the hardest to use? Which one has the least, you know, uh, you know, further reaching implications? For, exa- uh, for example, cast into time uh, would also like kill copies of whatever it killed from their deck. So you would often say, well, OK, I'm going to use this or, you know, a javelin, which is the same mana. And all it does is kill a card. Well, I'm going to use the javelin because this is not something I want to remove from their deck. In the same way, you might say, wow, I need to kill two cards uh, do I use my javelin, uh, two javelins or one Dawn's Wrath? Well, which one's more important? And you weigh what they're playing. You weigh, hey, I have, I don't have to play any creatures out this turn, so I can be mana inefficient and save my mana efficient removal for a turn where I also want to play out a creature or something like that. So that's what 
having that redundancy will do for you. Uh, and that's why it's scary on the whole though. P and Z seem to not uh, get a lot besides gotcha, uh, which works with its other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vi wants to make P and Z play in a different way, which I'm on board with. Yeah. I appreciate I think, that. Yeah. I, I think that they've done that with this faction. They did that with, um, uh, shadow Isles as well like very clearly you know going in a very different way to play whereas something like noxus you know got a, more tools for what it was already doing or at least the new stuff the new way to play pairs with the cards they already have kind of obviously so i think that that indicates a you know it's always a, a difficult thing where you say the, oh the the devs are you know giving like okay the devs are saying well this faction's too strong they're making a, you know observations and opinions on what's strong and what's not strong and there can be bias in in situations like that and i've seen games designed from a point of bias within factions especially uh but i i do think this is a good direction i think it's a good choice at least for this set to allow pnc to play maybe a little bit differently Different. same with shadow Isles. so yeah happy to see it Nice. Um, we're going to move on to the Ionia cards. There's a lot more Ionia cards because they pair together. There's a lot of these sort of cards that mix and mingle together. Um, uh, DBN, do you want to take us through some of these uh, Ionia cards? Yeah, and this is the uh, area of the podcast where I don't make a lot of uh, bold statements because I don't, I don't really know what to think about this I, i've been looking yeah. at this and looking at this and saying i don't know i read through them a lot and just couldn't figure out exactly what i felt like there are like a couple that i'm like this is pretty dope and there are a couple that i'm like what and then a couple i'm like this is either amazing or terrible and i don't know which so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh we're we're starting with our champion yeah uh it's daredevil it is not daredevil daredevil <laughs> uses guns what daredevil doesn't use guns doesn't daredevil he, doesn't use, does guns. He use sticks does he use sticks yeah he's got like little batons i don't know i'm not a marvel I'm but not he's a, a blind marvel monk family. all right you know yes that's true <laughs> okay so this is a blind monk lee sin uh just learned about this guy today or yesterday when he came out uh he's a six drop three six and when you cast a spell, give me challenger this round. Cool. But then if you cast another spell, give me barrier. Cooler. Very cool. Now, he'll level up when you've cast seven plus spells this game. Now, this is another one of those level ups that seems to go while it's in your deck or hand. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing that kind of become more of the norm, I think. Seems to be. Um and I appreciate that personally. I enjoy that as a way to, you know, I think I said it last week. I think the way I said it was uh, uh, allowing your followers to pave the way for your champions when they come down. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's an interesting thing. I would love to see Braum be easier to level up. <laughs> um, so here's uh, so here's the leveled up Lee Sin. Jumps up to 4-7 as is standard, the standard level up plus one, plus one. Yep. Uh, when you cast a spell, give me Challenger. If you cast another, give me Barrier. Same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then it says, I dragons rage enemies that I challenge. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting because it requires you to, uh, look at another card, <laughs> another, which I, is card. playable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it, you can put it in your deck. Um, it's called dragons rage. I'll just go ahead and read that one too, since it's relevant to Lee Sin. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's a seven mana epic, and it's slow. Yeah. An ally strikes an enemy and their nexus. If the enemy survives, recall it. Uh, wow. Yes. First off. Holy wow. cow. Uh, second off, when Lee Sin is getting to do that to whatever it challenges, also wow. Crazy. It's going to hit them. Bef- it's going to hit them and the Nexus before Lee Sin ever punches them. And then if they somehow survive, they get the recalled. The damage that they just took, they get recalled. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay, so he, real quickly, I think that the way it will work, because I watched the video on it, is that he won't strike them twice, right? He will challenge them, and he will dragon rage them, and before he ever gets the opportunity to actually strike them, he will recall Mm -hmm. them. So he'll strike, strike them. Oh, right, because if the enemy survives, it'll Mm -hmm. recall before he punches them. Yes, Uh so he'll strike them, strike the Nexus. If it survives that initial four damage or whatever you buffed him with, with the spells that you played, which you could easily play from Ionia, um, or let's combine it with Freljord from Freljord, then you will recall that enemy before he ever strikes him a second time, or more importantly, before Lee Sin ever takes any damage from the thing that he challenged. So you can use this to remove something, you can, and he never takes any damage. You can use this to send something oh, nasty that your opponent's placed on the board back to their hand. Also, very, very cool. Um, you do have to combine this with spells, though. If, if you if you just had Challenger, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. but I think it's not going to be that hard to play one spell, you know, and, and get some value out of them. I also think that it's the giving the barrier is really, really pretty neat. And the cool thing about Dragon's Rage um, is it, it is a really nice counter to Barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you so, can strike yeah. him and shoot him back to the hand. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think Lee Sin is very, very interesting. I think it's a... I think it's kind of just a good stuff all-arounder card. Maybe a little expensive for the game. But because it levels up in your hand, I, I think that, that, is, that that's what mitigates it. Now, obviously, you have to play enough spells to have the game, but we see an entire monk package of eh, pretty cool art, to be honest. Very cool. Uh, you know, coming in here, you know, allowing you to, you know, giving you plenty of options of more spells to play in Ionia. Um, and so I, I think this is, I think Lee Sin is going to be one of the, I don't I don't know if I want to say it, but I think it's going to be a very influential uh, uh, champion in terms of how Ionia is eventually going to be perceived. If that I know that's kind of weirdly specific, um, but right now the thing that kind of, you know, Ionia is known for is, is Zed in the terms of the very fast, you know, and mm-hmm. it gets combo with buffs and then you've got Karma on the other side. I think Lee Sin is going to shift the way people build and view ionia in a positive way yeah i think it pushes ionia in a new direction i do think that you're going to see some very spell heavy lease in karma decks that are going to run lease in karma and mostly just spells other than that and they're going to use that to capture the mid game with lease in and keep dominance on the board and then they're going to use karma to close out the game i don't know if that's ever going to be better than karma heimerdinger because Karma Heimerdinger right, or Karma Ezreal, it might just be better than this. But uh, I really think this card is super cool. Yeah, and I think like just because you can pair this with Karma doesn't necessarily mean you should. Um, like you said, I mean, I think that if you're going to play Control Karma, 
you probably end up with Heimerdinger or Ezreal uh, in most scenarios or run it in shadow Isles and kind of go with the mists call sort of shenanigans, which that that's been pretty interesting, but I think Lee Sen, I think this is going to be much better in a mid range, uh, or board centric, uh, deck. There's a lot of things that you can play cheap. You got a lot of cheap spells out of uh, PNZ with, uh, mushrooms, True. but you also have some really great buffs, which go well with his punchingness, uh, that come out of like Demacia. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see this in a lot of different scenarios, and I'm I'm very I'm very excited uh, to see all the different possibilities of where he can be teamed up. Because here's the last thing I'll say about Lee Sen: um, every faction plays spells, therefore every faction can put a Lee Sen in their deck. Yeah, and I, I I'm interested because I think you could actually play him with like a mid rangey towards like control Yasuo deck with. Um, maybe mm-hmm. with Noxus in it, um, where you're playing Yasuo Lee Sin with Noxus in it, that is sort of like buffing your Lee Sin, um, with some damage and some overwhelm. Um, and then you know if you have a Yasuo and a Lee Sin both on the board, and Lee Sin attacks, you know, an eight attack minion hits them for four and doesn't kill them, then Yasuo comes in and strikes them for another five, um, and kills it before it ever gets back to the hand. So he does pair. Um, naturally with Yasuo, which is cool. And there's definitely some stuns between Noxus and Ionia that you could use um, and recalls. Well, there's you enough use spells. In the mm-hmm. And what there's enough spells. I think, what I think that could do is give you another win condition besides Yasuo, which is the tough part about Yasuo right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that would be a really cool way to... Uh, cool way to approach it but i like i said i think the best thing about lee sin is that i it, it can get leveled up in your deck in your hand and every faction of spells therefore there's a argument for putting lee sin in you know pairing it with any faction absolutely which i think that flexibility makes this a great long-term longer lasting card in terms of its impact on how deck building is going to be placed because really that's all we can kind of guess at right now is how deck building. We don't have an idea of what the meta is going to end up because we can't really judge. We can't test the power. All we can do is look at how people are going to try to build decks with these things. Yeah. And, and and even that is limited because we don't know much about the newest faction, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. which will deeply impact deck building. Absolutely. Uh, Have a huge impact on deck building. Um, You want to take us to that next pair of cards? Yeah. So we've got, uh, so there's a lot of these cards. I'll just I'll let you guys know that that you play it, and then it also creates a flip side to the card. Yes, uh, which is really really neat, and I love that for the monk kind of the you know uh, defending and striking at the same time. I, I love that concept. Um, so we have the Sonic Wave, which is a two mana spell. It is burst. Give an ally Challenger this round. I love that, by the way. I think Challenger mm-hmm. is one of the most kind of important keywords uh, for keeping the game very interesting. Uh, and is a, a way great to thing have... to put on burst. Uh, right. That's a gr- that is a great that's a great example of a burst card. We can Fantastic. we'll get into that once we have some separation after the we'll we'll get to that someday. We put it off several weeks. Yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> and we'll come back to it. Um. Yeah. So give an ally Challenger. Uh. Then create a fleeting resonating strike in hand um and that resonating strike is a one mana it is a slow spell which is important but it is a 
wait, no, it's not a spell. Uh, it th- is burst. Th- burst spell. Sorry, I meant to say burst, and somehow slow came out. Uh, and it <laughs> and it is fleeting. It has one mana. Give an ally plus two this round. So for three mana, you can give someone challenger and plus two, but you don't have to use that one on the red things, right? You don't have to put them on the same card. Uh, so, I mean, this is just, I think this is a very strong card overall. It pairs nicely with Lee Sen because guess what? It's two spells for the same card in your hand, kind of like that uh, one we talked about in PNZ that creates, you know, multiple uh, mm-hmm. multiple copies, the gauntlets. Um, yeah, this is a strong and also neat card that I like. I think it's interesting, too, that so I like that they put Challenger on the burst because I think that's really cool. I also like that Resonating Strike is fleeting and a burst spell, but you cannot get access to it until you've played Sonic Wave, which you want to play Sonic Wave before you attack because you want to give something Challenger, which is going to let your opponent know that you have a Resonating Strike in your hand, which is giving them important information about a uh, a burst spell in your hand that can improve their trades that you won't be able to deny or necessarily interact with very well and i think that that's important and very very cool that they did it this way that it's saying yeah we're giving you this burst spell but we're they 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 didn't flip it i i I just think that that's cool The, the the challenger is a great thing to put on a burst spell and then the plus two plus zero coming off of a spell that you've created that you want to play before it's most advantageous to play that because you could come into a situation where you get a trade you want to you want to trick your the player but you're gonna have to play three mana to give plus two plus zero challenger's not going to matter at this point because you've already declared attackers and uh, i think that's a cool thing for this card well and i also think uh there's there's two like elements to that that you touched on that i think is very interesting one is that you're right they're going to see that resonating strike in your hand you know before they if you use it to get the challenger they're going to see that resonating strike in your hand uh before they assign defenders now whatever the challenger goes and grabs is still going to get grabbed and yep. you can still resonating strike and still trade with it. So the resonating strike isn't the telegraph doesn't matter if you're using it on the creature, the challengers, but it does matter if you're using it on a creature that isn't the one with challenger and your opponent's going to know that. But what's also cool. The next level play on that is you using this to show them, Hey, I can trick this trade whenever don't defend. Mm-hmm. because you really don't want to play that one mana there. You really don't want them to block. And so it kind of gives you that back and forth kind of mental chess game that I love so much. Uh, you know, of, okay, if he does this, why, what is he, what is, what are they going to think about what I'm going to do and how I want to spend my mana? You know, I made, I may really not want to play wrestling strike. I'm like, Oh, it's fleeting. I don't care. I don't want to play it. I just want them to think I'm going to play it because really I need that one mana to drop my four mana creature instead of being stuck with three mana. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's really cool. I think they've they've done a lot of really cool things with it. Yeah. I, I like this card. I like its design. I think it's really, really cool really fun uh well let's hit the next one which i think is the most fascinating one of all of them okay uh this is uh retreat and return we're gonna call them we're gonna pair them oh yeah Uh, retreat and return uh so two mana fast spell retreat recall an ally to create a fleeting return in hand yep and then return says uh burst Summon an ally that costs three or less from hand. And that costs one one. mana. Yeah, one mana. Right. Um, So, feasibly, you can block 
retreat, save the damage, and dump it back onto the board for three mana. And if it's a three drop that you just did all this with, uh, all those cards and effects were free. And if it has a summon effect, you'll get that you'll get that summon effect. And you don't have to uh, drop, by the way, you don't have to drop the same card uh, that you uh, recalled. So for instance, if you have a Yasuo out and they challenge it with Fiora and you're like, well, crap, I, I can't let my, I can't let my Yasuo die. That would be terrible. Yeah. Let me retreat. All right. Yasuo retreats. Uh, and uh, after that block or that lack of a block and, and, you know, save the damage. Now I'm going to return <laughs> uh, and drop my three mana whatever card uh and for it kind one. of saves you that tempo for one right uh and, and so like i think this is going to be a massive high skill effect high skill card that like we're gonna see make some dope plays in tournaments um and just the just the mind games on this just like sonic wave uh is going to be really fascinating uh to watch people execute with Obviously, that limit on saying it has to be a three or less uh, stops this from getting absolutely stupid. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, but it's still quite strong to be able to keep your creatures alive, um, you know, by way of, okay, we're basically doing that Naruto like swap where you, you swap one person out for a different person like Goku would do, you know? Sure. Uh, and DVZ, like this is very, it feels very anime, which I appreciate uh but yeah just bounce something slap something else on the board in its place um yeah i I can't i mean i i don't know that it'll be good but the flexibility of it the way that it manipulates your opponents attacking it just reads very good to me I think it's just cool. I, 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 whether or not it's good, I don't know, but I, I just think it's cool. And there, there's going to be times with some of the uh, Ionia buff decks that you're going to want to throw that Omen Hawk back in your hand, and uh, mm -hmm. and so you're just going to retreat the Omen Hawk for two, and then you're going to drop your, uh, you know, well, let's just say you you retreat your Omen Hawk for two, and you one mana throw down your Solitary Monk, and now you have a one mana four three with uh with elusive on the board and you, you you know and so you retreated it and maybe that's not a great in, in interaction there but you under you understand what i'm saying is there's going to be times when you're going to want to just recall a thing that you're going to want its playability again and uh and so you can pick up its playability again back in your hand and then you can cheaply throw down something and you wanted to do that anyway like you were going to try to recall yeah. that anyway with the two the three mana two two elusive that just recalls something and maybe you were you were planning on trying to recall that creature anyway so now it's just a net benefit. So I think that you can use these both at, at, at first glance. You're like, well, I don't, I don't want to recall one of my guys. But there are a lot of times in Ionia you, you do want to recall one of your guys. And this is a good opportunity to do that in a way that allows you to get a new guy out on the board um, that maybe you weren't going to get out that round. And it's important to note that this is a, a spell. So you can mm -hmm. return somebody. And let's say you're out of mana and you're sitting on three spell mana. Well, now you can return one of your guys to your hand and then you can spit out a guy that costs three mana that you were never going to be able to play this turn because you have the spell mana for return. And it, it, it turns a three mana card into a one mana spell mana creature. And that is very cool um, if you get yeah, the chance to do it, that. It's just got a lot of implications and it's going to be interesting to see you know uh where it where it lands but uh, you know, something it just it screams to me as 
good. So I'm I'm really, really looking forward to playing with that card and seeing what situations it's going to be good in uh, compared to other effects of, of a similar kind of mana cost. Absolutely. Um, so next we have Concussive Palm. Which this good. one's really, really fascinating, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's paired with a um, creature or follower, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but both of them are... Uh, you you can put in your deck. So these are you know both of these cards I'm I'm going to put together. Um, you can put each of them in your deck. You, yes. You, you could. They're they have gems on them. Uh, so we've got a four mana concussive palm. It is fast. Stun an enemy to summon a tail of the dragon. Now tail of the dragon is a three mana three two that says when I'm recalled transform me into concussive palm. Yes. So you can basically keep these two, as long as you have recalls for Tale of the Dragon, you can keep these two bouncing back and forth, you know, stunning somebody and then coming onto the board. Uh, and and uh, in case it wasn't clear, I mean, compare this to Steel Tempest uh, as, at three mana. Steel Tempest being stun and attacking enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Concussive Palm saying, uh, stun an enemy to summon a creature yeah and summon a three two that's what that's what i mean yeah, yeah summon a that's... creature summon the three yeah stun someone and you can stun them on offense instead of you know you can you can stun their defender or their their potential defender and then get another attacker in that same tempo because remember that's one of the f- interesting things and kind of the tough things about that i've found when playing stun yasuo is that you you play a stun effect right especially something like uh the one mana guile and then they just put another blocker out, right? And so if you don't have Yasuo charged up yet to to cut those guys down, uh, they're just going to replace it with something from hand. This is awesome because it gives you board presence with a stun that advances Yasuo on his quest. I mean, this feels like it was intended mostly for Yasuo, even though it will pair with Lee Sin. And I'm I'm just I'm thrilled about that. Um, and the tail of the dragon being able to say, okay, well, I can also play this in a recall deck. Mm-hmm. I can build, I can build tail of the dragon. I can run tail of the dragon in a recall deck, and I can run concussive palm in a stun deck. You know, and you can play either or or both. And stun and recall both level up Yasuo. Both right. Well, recall only works if you recall their guys. Oh, okay. Not if you recall uh, your own. Yes, it, uh, okay. it only works if you recall the enemy. But it's still like I still run two of the one mana recall effects just to keep Yasuo from dying when he gets chopped down by a vengeance or whatever. Yeah. You know, oh, you play seven mana vengeance. Well, okay, Yasuo, you're back in my hand, but at least I, I save, you know, what, three mana. Sure. It's <laughs> compared to you, you know. So um yeah, so that one's really cool. Any thoughts on that one? Mark, I, I just think bomb. I have not messed around with Yasuo really at all, so I just don't know. I, I think he's really cool. I think that all of these cards that sort of interact with one another and create one another are very, very, very cool. Um, and I don't know if you ever run Tale of the Dragon. I don't know if you ever do. Like, as the card, right? Like, I don't know if I ever put 3-mana, three 3-2, three, Tale of the Dragon in my deck. I think that I put Concussive Palm in my deck and allow it to summon Tale of the Dragon. Um, it's cool that Tale of the Dragon is a legitimate card, but I don't know 
I just don't know that I ever run that card in my deck. Like, I, I'm never running three Concussive Palms and three Tale of the Dragons. They're not taking six slots up in my deck. I'm going to run three Concussive Palms and allow it to summon Tale of the Dragon for me. So I like it. I think it's cool. I like just the aesthetic. It's a very cool piece of artwork, too. Tale of the Dragon is a very cool piece of artwork. Um, so I, I like that. So I, I do dig the card overall. How good it will be, we'll see. I think it... All of these cards create uh, cr new creative gameplay options, and I like that about it for sure. But I also think that fits really nicely into the Ionia kind of design philosophy or kind of perception of the faction and that idea of balance, give and take, attack and defense. Like, I think that this is going really nicely feeding that theme. Yeah, they did um, do so a good the next job of theme. One, Right. And so this is the last of the paired cards. Okay. Uh, so this is Scales of the Dragon, which is a three mana 4-2 uh, follower. Uh, and it says, when I'm summoned, create a dragon's protection in hand. Mm -hmm. um, and not a fleeting one. So this one sticks around for as long as you decide you want to keep it. Uh, and Dragon's Protection is a two mana. Uh, it can only it it can only be created. It won't be you can't play this in your deck. It's a two mana slow spell. Grant an ally plus three defense. That plus three defense will last forever. Oh, uh, it's not just plus three for the round. It's plus three defense. Oh, interesting. You know, just like Brothers Bond, right? Um, so I think Scales of the Dragon is actually a pretty good card, but it's a defensive one. Um, it's one that you'll pair with a, in a deck where you want to get a defensive three dropout that can trade up. Uh, into higher defense creatures of theirs, but that you also want to have utility to protect more important, uh, um, you know, kind of threats of your own, like a Yasuo or like a Heimerdinger or like a, you know, anything of yours that is at risk of dying. You can play the scales of the dragon out early in the game and let it be, you know, let it trade into something. And it's always going to trade with that four attack. If they mystic shot it, you know, okay, fine. This is not a high priority target and it has created lasting value in my hand, which will eventually translate into a more resilient board. Um, so I, I really like these two. I, I am hesitant. Like, so when I look at this and I say, what is this card just as it is right at its worst place? It is a five mana four five that your opponent can interact with before it becomes a four five. That's sure. it at its worst. I don't like that. If I'm dead drawing and I draw this card, there are a lot of I would rather draw a a four mana four five uh, Elnuk over this. Well, that's so that's not. I see what you're saying, but that's not your analogy is not technically correct because. It's not a a five mana four five uh, that your opponent can interact with between, because if your opponent interacts, then it's a three mana four two that your opponent interacted with, and you keep the dragon's protection. Okay, that's fair. That's that's entirely. You know what fair. I mean? Yeah. Okay. I, so I, they I zap it first. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you try to dragon's protection, then they can. Then they, if you try to dragon's protection, the scales of the dragon, then they can mystic shot 
uh, as a reaction and, and kind of trickle it down. Yes. So, like, that's true. Yeah. Um, it would depend on how it played out. If your opponent's smart and they notice that you have this card, you drew it, and they have a Mystic Shot in hand, then they'll just wait for you to Dragon's Protection on it and Mystic Shot it away. But Right. And I think that's where Dragon's Protection is actually the really valuable thing, which is this is something you play when your opponent has spent all of their mana, and mm-hmm. you're sitting there saying... Okay, well, I'm about to pass, but is there anything I want to get in now that they can't Mystic Shot or deny something? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, great. Look at this. I got two spell mana and I'm about to, you know, refill up to three anyways. I'll go ahead and use this Dragon's Protection on something. And all of a sudden, you, you know, your board is a lot more resilient. I don't think you're, because you're right. The slow on Dragon's Protection is a weakness for sure. You have to be thoughtful about using it. Um, but I don't think you ever use it on Scales of the Dragon. I don't think that's ever the optimal play. I think what's good about Scales of the Dragon is that you get this other thing to hold on to and bank for later. Oh, sure. It's not the optimal play. It's just bad when it's the only play, right? It, it's Right. The, it, I will say this. I don't think that there's a lot of cards in the game right now that give a bonus to health that sticks around. There's a lot of things that give yeah. temporary one round bonuses to health. There's plenty of that, but there this is one of the only cards that's going to say and there's some stuff that gives permanent buffs to t- to attack, but there's not a lot of stuff that gives a staying bonus to health. And that is the one thing that I overlooked with this cuz I honestly I read it and I assumed it went away at the end of the turn. I just assumed it. I because <laughs> yeah. everything does. I just assumed that it mm-hmm. would and it doesn't, which is important. Um and I didn't I didn't look at that closely enough. So, you know, my assessment of it maybe not be the best because I came into this thinking that it was the worst card that I've seen in this this particular set of reviews <laughs> and now I'm not I'm not convinced I'm not 100% sure either way um but we do have yeah, one I mean, last it's, it's card. definitely not it's definitely not worse than uh um was it that Noxus one city breaker oh no I was meaning the worst in the set of reviews for today um <laughs> Oh, okay. Not, yeah. Not, not, <laughs> no, City, City Breaker is way worse. Absolutely way worse. Um, one of the most clear pack filler cards I've seen. We have one last yeah. card in Ionia. Yes, this is Claws of the Dragon. Uh, it is a two mana, three, two, and it says, Summon me from hand once you've played two spells this round. Yep. So it's free and just drops onto the board after you've played two spells. I think it's pretty good. I don't know. I, it's interesting, right? Because you, if you play it with Sonic Wave, you recall something, summon something. Even if you su- recalled and summoned the same thing, and then this comes out for free as well, and you only technically used one card out of your hand to pull it off. Um, also, you know, you have one or two of these guys in your hands, and you throw a couple of mushroom caps in with your Teemo slash Ionia deck, and you throw a couple of three twos on the board after you throw like two burst spells. Um, I think that's cool as well. Um, I don't know how incredible. It's hard. It is so hard to determine when you're looking at these cards and you haven't got to play them yet and you can't interact with them in the meta to know how good they are. It This is one of those cards that I'm like, either I don't care about this or it's going to be really crazy and really level up the aggro play of the Ionia decks. I, yeah, I think that that's the thing. I think aggro is hard to read if a card's good in aggro or not in this game. What I think is going to be neat is I want to see this card in a PNZ Ionia discard deck. Um, mm. You know, you play Rummage, 
You play a Mystic Shot. You empty this from your hand. You now have zero cards. Jinx levels up. Bing, bang, boom. You're having fun. Um, so I, you know, honestly, my opinion kind of got turned around a little bit by a Silver Fuse video uh, and, a, and a, the deck that she was running, which was regarding Starlet Seer. And the, I looked at Starlet Seer when it got buffed. We talked about this a little bit earlier. And I said, I don't think this is going to be very good. Um, or rather, I don't think it's going to see much play uh, because it needs to be, you need to be in an aggressive shell that also is playing spells and care, but cares about the board too. Well, that this is the same situation, right? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it's not a value generator. It's a payoff. I sure. play two spells. This comes in for free. Um, now, the, I mean, I guess you could play an Ionia Frailyord spell-based aggro deck you know frostbite and whatnot i'm just saying like i can i can see situations where ionia can pair with someone they've got some great elusive aggro but they also have uh plenty of just kind of standalone you know good cards things that can some you know nice spells that will protect their threats yeah, i don't know I, I mean these cards we're seeing here sonic wave and resonating strike as well as you know uh retreat and return i think all could see a home in an aggro deck um, and so like, I, I, I think cause the dragon standalone is a good card. Will it find a home? I don't know that. I think standalone as an aggro option, it's enticing. Yeah. I think that even in, so maybe, I don't know if this is true or not, but maybe not even an aggro, maybe in a bit of a more control shell where you just need to be able to take control of the early game a little bit better, right? Because this is a three, two, so it blocks fearsome creatures and maybe you're, you're throwing out this new card, the, the, uh, the mm-hmm. almost get arrested card from PNZ or whatever, and you're dealing two damage and you're throwing a mystic shot. So your opponent attacks you with a couple of spiders, you deal two, you deal two, you clear two things, and then you summon a 3-2 from your hand for free as well so you develop your board in order to defend yourself in a future turn and you remove a couple of things in one of these more spell heavy Ionia PNZ decks I don't know that it finds a place in there simply because there's a limit to how many cards you can put in your deck and so maybe it doesn't find a place in there but I, it, it is interesting that in that deck it would work it could work well too um, yeah and also as it, it pairs kind of very directly with Lee Sen wanting to play two cards uh, all these cards seem to synergize very well together, which I certainly appreciate. I don't know. Is she wearing a blindfold or sunglasses? It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, that I'm, art. I'm not 100% sure. I hope it's a blindfold and not sunglasses. Cause I think the sunglasses would be kind of lame. I, uh, I think I think it's a blindfold. It, it, maybe it is. Maybe the blindfold art just isn't quite. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Next, next cards. I'm gonna. Go. I was gonna try to. I was gonna try to zoom in on it, but I failed there. Um. Okay. So the next cards are. Are you ready for it, guys? It is the new region coming out for Legends of Runeterra, and it is Bilgewater. Bilgewater has been announced. It was just announced today, as of recording this. By the time you hear it, a day or so ago, and. Bilgewater is a sweet new faction in which I am almost guaranteed we're going to be getting Misfortune because she's on literally all of the artwork for it. So we didn't get any new champions, but we did get a new keyword and we got a handful of new cards. We got four 
um, Bilgewater cards, and we got four cards. Well, not four, technically three cards and a confirmation for one card that we actually made a mistake on last week from, from Freljord. Um, I guess we did get five new cards because we got the Poro as well. So let me go over first the keyword in the Poro because I think it's very interesting coming from being Legends of Runeterra, or not Legends, for being uh, Elder Scrolls Legends players. So we got a new keyword. The keyword is called Plunder. Very piratey. Bilgewater is very piratey. Are uh, you know ships and sea life and port life and uh, and our uh, type of theme? So we're getting all sorts of piratey cards, which I'm completely on board for, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, and the plunder keyword that goes very thematically with it is a card triggers its plunder ability when played if you damage the enemy nexus this round. And and it goes with the uh, Plunder Poro, which is a one-mana 1-1 one, one Poro that's amazing looking, by the way. Um, I think so, anyway. I think he's amazing yeah. looking in his all entirely a beard. And his reads is <laughs> Plunder, give me two random keywords, which random keywords are not uh, any Elder Scrolls Legends players' favorite things to hear. Um, but it's interesting that it's not a key mechanic. I think it's just funny that it's on, you know, a Poro, which is maybe the place that it belongs. As long as Poros yes. never become legitimately good, the place it belongs is on a Poro. Um, but give me your first reactions to Plunder. Uh, you know, the, here's the good news. Here's the good news about Plunder. Um it's not going to be the entire faction. It's just one, one direction for the faction, one mechanic. Uh, it's a keyword, right? But it, I think that like, we're going to see so many Bilgewater cards and so many different ways to play Bilgewater. This is just going to be one of them. Yeah. So that's a really important thing to keep in mind, guys. Um, I don't, I don't personally get, I'm not excited by it. Uh, necessarily because it, it doesn't, it seems very straightforward. Uh, okay. You damage them. Great. You get a bonus effect. I think it's good. I think the, I think plunder is a strong keyword in that, you know what you're going to get from it. Um, that's a really important thing with mechanics in terms of competitive viability is, you know, how often something will or will not trigger its ability how often something will or will not get that maximum value um so we see several examples of plunder cards and i say okay I, I can build my deck in such a way that i will be able to most of the time get this plunder effect or maybe i build it in such a way that yeah, sometimes i'll get it but the times i don't get it i'm not going to be upset so i think that's very neat i think it also pairs really really well with a lot of other faction we've already seen now clearly it was designed to pair nicely with the viking side of Freljord, as we're going to talk about absolutely uh, which is my favorite thing in the whole world <laughs> yeah i'm actually pretty hyped about one of the arts on those cards i'll let you guess which in a minute um but uh yeah no i think that this is a it doesn't excite me personally, but I think it's a good starting point. I think it's flavorful for pirates. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be, it's only ever going to be as good as the plunder effect. Sure. Right. I can't say the mechanic's going to be good outside of the mechanic is a, is one that it's not going to be hard to trigger dealing damage to an enemy nexus is both, you know, it's easily achievable. If you build your deck in a specific way, it's synergistic focused. I like it. I'm good with the mechanic. And uh, we'll see how I feel about the specific plunder effects in this preview. But as it pertains to pirates, 
yeah, we're I'm I'm on board. Ha ha. Ha ha. I like I like the plunder effect. I here's the thing that I like about it is it continues to increase, and this is what I liked about Scout as well, right? It continues to increase the complexity of the back and forth nature of turn taking, right? Because now I'm gonna look and I'm gonna say, okay, I'm swapping to my opponent's turn. If I attack here and they take and they get some favorable trades and then they get to open attack at the beginning of their next turn, they could plunder me. Whereas I may be able to put up not I may not attack and may be able to defend and not allow him to get damage through on his open attack in the next round because I'll have defenders and that will not allow him to use plunder on me quite as easily and I think that that's going to be an important interaction it may stall me from attacking at the end of a turn a couple of times because I'm worried about them being able to trick a trade deal damage to me before I can interact with it and then be able to play more powerful cards on the backside because they're able to plunder it's also interesting because it's telling you okay as the player who's playing plunder now I actually want to try to get damage through to my opponent in some capacity which may have to be my attack but I may not want to attack because I want to attack with this card that's in my hand that has plunder, but I only want to attack with it if I can get its plunder ability off. And it's forcing you to figure out creative ways to deal damage to your opponent's face or or like in deck building anyway, like you're cre coming up with creative ways in deck building to deal damage to your opponent's face. I think that plunder and scout may work really well together because you can say, okay, I'm going to open attack with my scout minions. I deal damage. Now I get a second attack phase where I can play now my, my stuff with plunder down and then make a second attack after I've gotten the plunder abilities off because I got to attack through with my scout creature first. And I think that could be really interesting. Like it could pair really well with that. Obviously, like, I'm not a huge fan of anything that says you get better stuff when you attack my face. Like, th that's generally not my favorite thing in, in card games, right? Where there's just no negative at all to attacking the enemy nexus. Um, there, there's been times when that's been abused. And honestly, I see a couple of cards in this set that worry me a bit because of what they can be paired with or because of what they may be able to um, enable in future sets, but, um, I like the, I love the back and forth nature of this game. And I like that plunder adds to the complexity of those decisions that you have to make both when you're being the character who's playing the plunder deck. And when you're the opponent playing against plunder, you're going to make slightly different decisions with that back and forth action economy. Um, and I absolutely adore that. Anything that can increase the complexity of that back and forth action economy makes this game harder and harder to master and makes me continually come back to learn more. Um, I don't get bored with it ever because I feel like I've mastered it or I feel like eh, eh, there's not much more for me to learn in this meta. Um, and I think plunder continues to make that action economy cool and so i love that about it um should we talk about some of the cards yeah let's go through them okay let's talk about the first card that's worrisome to me this is warning <laughs> shot oh it's terrifying to me warning shot is a zero mana so let's just say this is as a magic the gathering player any card that says zero mana is terrifying to me immediately terrifying to me and so uh zero mana Burst spell. It is an uncommon from Bilgewater. It is a one zero mana burst that just one damage to the enemy nexus. 
So obviously this is built equipped to go, oh, burst, one damage for nothing. Now I can just play my plunder guys, right? This just enables plunder. But this is also an Ezreal enabler, which is so scary to me. That Ezreal already has a bunch of enablers, but now you can get your leveled up Ezreal, throw three of these things out, and deal nine damage to your opponent's nexus without them being able to interact at all. And it didn't cost you anything. Nothing. Ooh, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, here's the thing. Um, I'm looking, I just want to double check. You can probably hear my clicky clacking. That's okay. Um, but, uh, yes, okay. So, here is what I think salvages it for me. Um, but I, I totally see your entire argument. This is a great card to have with a leveled up Ezreal. But this card, unlike all the other cards that's put in the deck, does not help level up Ezreal. Because Ezreal will only level up if you target units. Mm -hmm. um, so, And this is a really garbage card when you're trying to survive as Ezreal. Because that's a, in an Ezreal combo deck, you have to survive. This does not help you survive at all uh is there a is there a world where ezreal decks get so efficient at removing things that they, they can afford to run these cards which basically say hold on to them until you're comboing out sure but the what makes ezreal good is that any old spell that you could create like chump wump with chump wumps or whatever sure. is ammunition you know and that's where removal spells double as lethal damage whereas this cannot double as a removal spell yeah so i'm not as worried about it in fact i i think this is of all the cards here the one that it, i actually like of the of the four builds water cards i like the most mm. i hope to see more plunder than the than the four that we just see i want to see one or two more um i think this card is just it's 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 elegance is in its simplicity just pings for one that's all but some day, some days that that's all you need, and uh, it also is really nice in that it's a free spell to pair with other factions that require you to play spells for things like I don't know the card that says come in for free if you've played two spells. Yeah, uh, Lee Sen. or the one or Lee Sen wants to come down and immediately get so like I, there's there's enough synergy with it, but I don't think any of that synergy. I mean, I'm I'm willing to put my foot in my mouth if somebody breaks it on day one, but I don't think there's enough synergy to break this card either. Um, yeah, I, I think it's nice. I also just like the idea that it's a warning shot, but because we're pirates, it still does a little bit of damage. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, so the thing that you have to keep in mind too, right, is in order to put this in your deck, you have to get rid of an entire other faction. Like, right? Like, it, like for yeah, example, yeah, yeah, in a deck that currently exists. Yeah, yeah, in a deck that currently exists. So in your Ezreal Karma deck, yeah, I, the the Karma, but. Is it is it better to have warning shot than karma, right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, probably not. <laughs> probably probably not. So that's fair. I do think that there will probably be 
an Ezreal, uh, so a PNZ and Bilgewater combo deck with Ezreal. People are going to play around with that. Whether or not it will be better than the PNZ Ionia Karma Ezreal deck, I don't know, but I think that people will certainly play around with it just because Warning Shot so clearly screams, level up Ezreal and use me. I mean, it just screams it to me. Um, but whether or not that will be better, it's so it, that's a really hard thing to determine. So I, I definitely understand that. Um, the next one is Jagged Taskmaster, and this is our second plunder card because technically the Poro is the plunder Poro is our first one. Um, it is a three mana four three. It is an epic rarity from Bilgewater. It is reads plunder grant one cost allies every year everywhere plus one plus zero. So this plays into your Bilgewater Poro deck. Your Bilgewater. Frailyard Poro deck. You plunder with it, and there's already some Frailyard cards that want to use plunder. So you plunder, you buff all of all of your Poros plus one plus zero, and now all your Poros get better, or your one cost Poros anyway, along with your Omen Hawks, which are clearly in this deck. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's so hard to know what to think about this with only knowing five Bilgewater cards. <laughs> it's like, how do you know when you don't know how you can pair it with any of the other cards from their faction? Um, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, it could it could splash nicely into like a spider's build. Um, you know, once you play it, uh, all your spiders everywhere for the rest of the game will get plus one. Um, that's not bad. So, yeah, it's and it's and it's slightly above stat distribution. So yeah, I mean it's it's solid. It's one that I think it's just like with anything else that is a, a wide board buff. It it's a in many ways a build around card. Uh, this is something that you you look at this card, you say I want to build to maximize the value on this card because I'm never want to gonna want to get low value. I'm never gonna play this in a deck where I don't plan on getting lots of one costs out. Yeah. Um, and so if, even if you, even if you're running one cost, even if you're running like, you know, Omen Hawks and I don't know, some other one drop from Bilgewater, a plunder Poro, even if you're running six one drops, if that's the only way you're going to be creating one drops, you're not going to run Jagged Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, once again, it's a hard card to determine if we get a bunch of like really aggressive one drops from this set mm-hmm. that are going to go with Noxus, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. The next one is possibly my favorite. This wins the name game so far. The Citrus yeah. Courier. Um, by far the most thematic and one of the coolest stinking names in the game. It is a six mana rare from Bilgewater. Four five stats. Plunder. Heal all allies and your Nexus. Three. Then rally. So you heal your heal all your allies. You heal up your Nexus and then you rally and get to attack. Um, really cool. It's just so so stinking thematic that this big dude carrying a sack of oranges shows up he's like everybody's got uh, scurvy so he heals everybody up with a scurvy <laughs> now they're re-energized to take and raid and, and pillage and so they jump on their ship and they're on their attack again I just think that the thematics is so stinking cool for this card it's a 6 mana 4-5 so it's low statted um, whether or not yeah. it's good or not really doesn't matter to me one bit I just love the thematic element of this orange Toten, uh, fruit, 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 fruit peddling monster. I just think he's so cool. Uh, love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, totally agree. Very cool card. And I think this is going to be one of the anchors of a plunder build. Oh, yeah. With Rally. I mean, Rally's just very strong. So. Yeah. I mean, if this just said heal all allies in your Nexus 3, who cares? But the fact that you can rally with this is kind of cool. 
it's definitely a cool yeah very very cool and i mean i think the underrated thing is you can uh like let's say your opponent makes a series of attacks you defend and make uh, some value trades and you've got some weakened uh allies then you warning shot drop your courier heal them up and be ready to swing again and now all the value trades you made they weakened your guys not a big deal anymore Mm -hmm. yeah he's cool uh another card that worries me a bit because any card that does this worries the heck out of me is the last one the smooth soloist which is really cool because it's kind of like a bard type character i think that's really sick Mm -hmm. and and i do like the artwork on this card it is a seven mana three four uh it is rare it's an elusive it has elusive and it reads plunder reduce the cost of allies in your hand and deck by two um yeah this is like one of those things where it's like hey um aren't you guys supposed to have learned from the mistakes of other games you know it's okay can this get broken maybe i'm not worried i'm actually not worried at all about this card but i understand the sentiment yeah it just this card is only going to be as good as you can keep your hand full Right. So really, the bigger issue is if they print something that can give somebody a ton of card draw because smooth soloist, it it doesn't come down until the point in the game where you've got board wipes. Yeah, but this does this. It reduces everything in your hand and deck. Yeah, sure. By two. Yeah. So I get what, it. Well, my, my, I read it. Well, my, my, well, what do you mean by keeping your hand full? Yeah, because you can reduce all the stuff if you want. You can empty your hand of all these allies, and then you just get ruinationed, or oh, you get okay. judgment. Yeah, I, okay. You're I at the state. You're at the stage of the game where opponents ha- and presumably will probably get another expensive board clear at some point. The bottom line is, uh, it doesn't come online until turn seven. Now spells come online even earlier than that because of spell mana. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and so. If you're looking at comparing this as a late game strategy, I'm not saying it can't be playable. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to completely, you know, outmaneuver, um, you know, of, of the, you know the the meta because what you've got is a situation where you need to run a lot of allies, a lot of characters. So as a control deck, if you're playing on smooth solo is winning you the game, you have to survive the early game with a fair amount of allies in your deck and not a ton of spells to kill them. And then you get to the end game, right? And if you're playing against control, you're basically going to be forced to be the aggressor by putting out a bunch of creatures. But because this doesn't come down any sooner, because it comes down pretty late in the game on seven, assuming you can get it down on curve with plunder, right? Uh, then sure, yeah, if you can tempo out the rest of your deck, great, but you're forced into the aggressive role because this does not help you slow them down. This helps you speed up. So, okay, so, okay, so, A, I, I, I complete, I understand what you're saying now, and I completely agree with that. When I say my concern for this card, it's not around the uh, reduce the cards in my hand and empty my hand to win the game strategy. My concern around is a combo that did cost uh, 14 mana now costs 10 mana because you reduce the cost of both cards or a combo that cost uh, 16 mana now costs uh, 12 mana and now you 
can do it in one turn when you previously could only do it over the course of two turns and give your opponent an opportunity to interact with it. So that's where, and, and here's the thing, it's not even a concern today. Most of the cards in every card game that I've played that get released that do this are not a problem today. Naga Sea Witch wasn't a problem the day that it came out. Um, and actually some cards in Tesla that reduced the cost of other cards was not a problem the day that they released. The problem was as the game continued to develop and more cards came out, people went back to cards like this and enabled some ridiculous broken combo. Now I'm not as worried about this because the Legends of Runeterra team tends to come in and fix stuff on a really frequent basis. And so I think if this card came out and was like, oh man, we didn't realize it, it just broke open this thing that we didn't see coming and, and it's just destroying the meta, it, within a week, you're going to get an adjustment to this card. And I fully expect that. So I'm not super concerned because because of the quality of the team that we're dealing with. But it just is like one of those things where it's like every time the a design team does this, I'm always like a little bit like, ah oh, man, like I've seen this so many times abused. I wish we could just stay away from the reduce the cards in your deck by reduce the mana cost of cards in your deck thing. Um, it it, yeah. it just always ends up at some point or another being broken. It seems to be. I hear you. I I, I mean, I, I get that argument and I can't dispute that argument because we won't know until it comes around. My thing though, is if a, if a, if a combo requires multiple cards and a lot of mana because typically what we'll see is combos that either require uh, a lot of mana but very few cards mm -hmm. uh, or a combo that requires uh, a lot of cards but not a ton of mana but when it requires both a lot of mana or a lot of resources depending on the game you're playing a lot of resources and a lot of cards then it tends to be very very difficult to actually a symbol and even if it can be wow this is part even it can even be part of the meta but when it takes time to assemble it takes time to set up and let's be honest if smooth soloist is the enabler you probably have to play one if not two of these before that combo ever comes out and since it only hits allies it doesn't hit spells i guess yeah, i'm just saying important. by that point in the game a lot of aggro decks want to have already won yeah that's fair. And this does not defend you. At a 3-4 stat block, this does not help you survive <laughs> at all. It does not. Not on turn <laughs> 7. That's fair. If this reduced it all cards, including spells, it would be nuts. Just absolutely insane for certain decks. Um, but in the fact that it doesn't do that, and it just does allies, does limit the number of things. I, I was thinking, like, okay, you get one or two of these things down, the Swain combo with his his warship goes off, right? The thing that we talked about last episode that you would take two turns to pull off, now you can pull off in one turn, which is which is bonkers. Um, uh, so you know, hey, it it's it, it, it's it's hard to Mary Wallace Storms is in the chat right now. He says, I don't think that an A-bomb style of deck would be broken in Runeterra. The priority system makes it weaker than it was in Tessel. And that that's absolutely true as well. And honestly, weaker than it would be in Hearthstone or in a lot of other games because of the fact that you get one thing to do, they get one thing to do, you get one thing to do, they get one thing to do. Yeah. That if is fair. If it requires fair. a creature coming down, that creature can just get nuked before all the effects resolve. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fair. I just see things like this, and it gives me the willies. 
Maybe no, before I, mean, I think I get it that. There's some very strong <laughs> gamer PTSD associated with discounting things. Oh, there get, is. I totally there get is. it. It freaks me out. You know, like even like uh, Miracle Rogue and like, oh, there's been so many things that have done it to me. And it, oh, you. But we yeah. have we have three cards left and uh, one we that we have to there. make an apology on. Am I supposed to guess your favorite piece of artwork from these last three? Uh, la yeah, is last it, three. Yeah, is which it, one? Is it Wolf Rider? It is not. Really? 50-50 now. Ursine, Spirit Walker. No, last. You're Are you serious? Again. The Tusk Raider. I, I absolutely adore Viking ships. I think they're some of the coolest looking things that humanity has ever come up with. I love the design of Viking ships that like elongated upward uh, sure. mat, you know, uh, 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 bow, bow with, you know, ornamented, uh, you know, pieces to look like dragons or tusked creatures. I adore it. And so I just loved it. And then, of course, you've got the Raider hanging off the side of it. Ah, so cool. Well, I was wrong. I was dead wrong on your favorite artwork. Um, but we got Wolf Rider first. He is a four mana, four three. Uh, he is an uncommon from Freljord. So this is kind of like the Viking plunderer. Um, so not so much like the Arg plunder. But I love that they took plunder. <laughs> they took plunder two different rays, right? They took it Arg, yeah. and then they took it like Viking war leader uh, plunder. And I love that because Vikings are just one of my favorite things in the whole world. So a four mana, four three with overwhelm plunder get an empty mana gem so this is a ramp card for Freljord another ramp card but an aggressive kind of ramp card um, that you have to plunder for so a lot of things going on with this card I am not 100% sure how I feel about it um, DBN did you have uh, thoughts on that I mean ramp is cool ramp is cool uh, the thing about ramp which I think is very very different and important to recognize between this game and Hearthstone, as well as this game and Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, so in Hearthstone, you have uh, you have thirty card decks, so you see your ramp a lot more frequently at the correct time, which is in the early to mid game. So you can get to your top end threats for the opponent. Yep. Then again, in Tessel, you could ramp past your maximum magicka, which was relevant at any stage of the game. Albeit once you got to a certain max magicka, you really couldn't like use it. You could play everything in your hand. You didn't need it anymore. But but still, though, like, you know, ramping up a little bit higher, especially when you would pair it with uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, just glaze over. But unstoppable rage combos, right, where you would need this. Really, you need to play something big, but also play a big spell on the same turn. You need to get to that certain threshold. And those thresholds will vary depending on what cards you want to pair together. Right. Um, the thing about Runeterra though, is that you won't ramp past your max magica like in Tessel, but you also, uh, have a bigger deck unlike Hearthstone. So even if you've got something like the, uh, Aeon crystal or whatever that thing's called, yep. sometimes you just draw that past your turn 10 or even your artificial turn 10 when you've already ramped and all it says is five mana heal three mm -hmm. right now. So you, what's important there is sometimes, and I've run that in decks where I say, hey, great, I, I needed a heal, right? And I've got max magic, I'll pay for a five mana heal three. It's the same thing here with the Wolf Rider, right? This will go in a deck that potentially could want to access higher end stuff, but also wouldn't mind top decking a four mana four three with Overwhelm just to put a body on the board. Is there a deck that's you know fits that description 
not sure can't tell won't know yeah right but that's the situation it's it's in the similar way as the aeon and now that's an important contrast with the weirding stones or white wording stones weirding stones Mm -hmm. uh because those things are like an engine you put it down and you let it sit and all it does is ramp for you therefore if you top deck that a control deck won't want to top deck that because it's useless and a, and a mid rangey, you know, an aggressive, maybe a more proactive control deck that wants to hit top end threats and push damage down. Right. They won't want to see that either because it doesn't establish a board presence. That's where the Aeon or right. Aeon uh, heals. Sure. And that's good for like a passive control or a reactive control. And this Wolf Rider puts tempo on the board while also offering the chance to get that mana. So, uh, you've got the two different styles and that's where I think like there may not be a deck that fits that description, but the Wolf Rider could fill that role if a deck like that existed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I like it. I like it. I've just, I, I'm really hesitant to share strong, opinion, <laughs> strong opinions about it, you know, uh, just because oh, yeah. it's, I mean, it's I, so uncertain. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, every opinion that you hear, whether it's from us or even if you want to go and 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 look up Swim's opinions, I'm sure he's got a video somewhere. Sure, it, everything should have a big old asterisk next to it, and in a healthy dose of salt, uh, because we won't know. We Absolutely can take our best no guesses, idea. and that's the fun part: is taking our best guesses. Yeah, and that's why you <laughs> listen to a podcast enduring reveal season, uh, because yeah. people are guessing, <laughs> um, and it's fun to see how bad they are. You want to tell us about the next card, the the Tusk Reader, um, because it's your favorite artwork. In this set yeah, of reveals. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do really like these uh, this artwork a lot. At least of these uh, of these new cards from this patch. Yeah. Uh, this batch, excuse me. Uh, the Tusk Raider is basically what the Leviathan is to Swain, uh, but mm-hmm. to Sejuani. Uh, plunder double the power and health of allies in your deck. Oh, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, and then when you play it, you get to draw Sejuani. Um, yep. So obviously it will plunder before you pick up Sejuani. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you have the plunder, you drop it and you get a double stat Sejuani. And that feels real good. Uh, now, obviously, you can't play the two at the same time, just like with the Leviathan. Uh, but I think that it's what's cool about this is that uh, you drop this, you get your 7-7. Seven, seven, uh, and then you come back and follow up with Sejuani on another turn. You try to stomp with a bunch of big bodies and win the game. Um, it, it, I don't think it's as good as the Leviathan. Mm, and I didn't even think not. the Leviathan was that good. There is going to be situations where having the rest of your game to play out ridiculously static creatures is going to help you win against certain control decks. So that's nice. Uh, but it does have a prohibitive cost. And really, it doesn't... Like it doesn't perfectly synergize with Sejuani the way that Swain synergizes perfectly with Leviathan as a kind of one-two punch. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I think it's cool though, and I think there's gonna be a day where you're gonna say, "Hey, listen, just drawing, um, a big creature, even if you don't get the plunder, just drawing Sejuani's nice." Yeah. I, this is gonna go in my deck just because I love it. I just love it. I'm <laughs> right. not. There's not three that are going in this deck, but in my Sejuani deck, in my fr- my mid range Frailyord deck, this is going in there. Why? Because I just love it. I love everything about it. I, I, 
it's like, yes, yes. And the beautiful thing is it's not in Bilgewater. It's in Freljord. So I don't have to play Bilgewater with it in order to get the plunder ability. I can play it with something else, which is cool. You want to know a really fascinating thing about this and the Leviathan? What's that? They allow you to effectively run more than six champions. Yeah. Hang because because these will draw if you could put one you could put one Sejuani in the deck and this and this card and this card will tutor that Sejuani out of the deck. Effectively increasing your draw rate of Sejuani by a factor of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with Leviathan. Um, so I mean, I'm not saying that's the optimal way to play, but I think that is an interesting fact. And I don't know what to do with or it. Or you could play Noxus, Freljord, play three Sejuanis, three Swains, three Leviathans, and three the Tusk Raider. Then you have just a ton of them. You just have so much. Then you just have, you have so many. You have a ridiculous <laughs> draw rate of really expensive cards. Yeah, yeah, but you have them all. They're all in there. <laughs> but you've got them all. Collect them all. Got to catch them all. Uh, okay, so the last card that we're talking about tonight and probably the end of our show is the... Yep. St- so we talked about Stormclaw Ursine, which was a five mana, six, six overwhelm that give other allies with five or more power overwhelm. And we talked about it as though it was an insane five mana, six, six card. And I thought it was really crazy. Um, and actually Mary Wallace storms who's in our chat, um, b- pointed out the fact that this thing does not have a gem on it, which I thought was actually an oversight by the person who put the graphic together. And I didn't realize that it doesn't have a gem on it intentionally. And that's because it's not a collectible card and it's not a collectible card because there's Ursine spirit Walker, which is a five mana four, six, which is not, fantastic but he has he reads plunder transform into Stormclaw Ursine I don't know if I'm saying Ursine right or Urs, Ursine I Ursine? think that's correct Ursine so yep. okay so he is a five mana four six with no ability but if you plunder he is a five mana six six with overwhelm that gives creatures with five or more power overwhelm um this definitely makes the five mana six six with overwhelm that gives creatures with five or more power overwhelm less viable because in order to get to him, you have to plunder in addition to playing him. Um, and you rarely are going to want to play just a straight five mana four six because you can't plunder after the fact. So I don't know. I, I still think I experiment with this card and I still think I play with this card because I still think it's a very good card on five provided that you can get an attack off and plunder. Um, but if you can't, you're not going to want to play this card. I'm not going to want to play it anyway. That's my initial well, thought on it. Is okay. I mean, this doesn't really change anything for me. You're playing. Well, okay. It does. So Stormclaw Ursine would have been a ridiculous. If it was by itself, it would have been a ridiculous play. It just to splash into other decks. Hmm. Um, however, now. In a Sejuani build, this it still basically reads five mana six six with overwhelm. It just has a slight cost of timing of when you play it. Like it's still you know it's still going. You're never you're gonna play it as a Stormclaw Ursine, or you're gonna play something else. Yeah. You know you're gonna ping them for a single point of damage with a warning shot if you pair it with that, or you're gonna do one in one of any number of Noxus things that will hit the face. And then you'll just play it like it was before. Or heck, if you have an Ember Maiden out, it'll whirlwind everything. 
And then it's still it's still as if it was Stormclaw Ursine in the first place. So I think that all this did was limited the reach of its uh, limited the reach of this card in terms of what kind of decks it can go in. The Stormclaw Ursine by itself, I was like, wow, this must be they must really not be happy with where Freljord is <laughs> in the mid game. Um, and this makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, but I don't think it rarely reduces the efficacy of this card within a Sejuani deck. Like if you, if you build a ping deck, you're going to play the Stormclaw Ursine because it's always going to be the Stormclaw Ursine. And if you're not pinging, then your game plan's already going bad. I mean, I guess there, there could be an argument. Maybe there's two, there's, there's a point where there is too much synergy and like, you need a combination of synergy and good stuff so that you don't, so that if something goes wrong, you're not sitting there with a, bucket of of uh, uh not enabler cards but a bucket of uh of payoff cards with no ways to enable them mm-hmm. right so there is a balance that you have to take and that's where this card may see where it would have been an auto include before now it might be a consideration um still though i, I mean you're gonna see stormclaw ursine if you want to see stormclaw ursine yeah i think this card's still gonna see play and i'm definitely gonna experiment with it very quickly almost on day one this will be going in like the first deck that i build um but i do think that it is it's just worse right it's just not as good before it was just mm-hmm. just straight up good now it's just not not as good still good mm-hmm. just not as good and i think that right. that's important yeah still good just not as good um dbn did we have so, any go ahead oh no go ahead I was going to ask ask if we had any uh, small questions that you were aware of that we might be able to answer. Because I know that we got a couple of questions in for this episode, and I don't want to just glaze over them. Um, yeah. Um, I, I do want to kind of be a little bit nitpicky here. Um, I would we got some cool questions in the podcast Q&A and I love it and I asked for it and I want it. I would ask that uh if you guys do post in the podcast Q&A that you don't let it devolve into a discussion. Go ahead and move that over to the Legends of Runeterra um channel. I try to check the podcast Q&A pretty frequently to create like a list of little things. It's a little bit harder to sort through especially since we record during the week. I'm at work. I need to be able to access that stuff quickly. this is just a a thought process, but if you guys want to have an awesome conversation about stuff, I don't want to discourage it. Uh, But, you know, maybe try to move it over to uh, the legends of Runeterra uh, page. And if you have a question kind of out for everyone, just out, just start with it over there. Um, But yes, so we did get a really cool. um, We did get a really cool question here, which I thought would be fun to end on. Now that all the new champs for each existing region is out, which one is our favorite? And least favorite can be strength wise, design, uh, art, whatever. Uh, and that comes from Royal Shine. And I thought that was just a fun way to end the episode now that we've covered all of the new uh, champions for the existing factions. Hmm. 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 It's a toughie. Hmm. That is a hard question. It is so. If you were to ask me that question, Ash is my favorite champion. And I think will continue to be. Sid- well, I think it's just of the new ones. Oh, 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 just of the new ones. Just of the yeah, new yeah, yeah. Oh, favorite, favorite new champion, least favorite new champion. Okay. Um uh the tree is my least favorite. 
Malachi. Don't even give it. Doesn't even give him the. Yeah, it doesn't even. Doesn't even name. need its name. Don't don't need its name. Don't like it. That's my least favorite. Hundred um, percent. Man, that's hard. It's definitely not Quinn. Is not my favorite. Um, you uh, don't think it's Vi. Um, it is. It, it's really hard. It's like a. It may be Lee, Lee Sin or Sinjuani. It's probably Sinjuani, but that, that that's that's a that's a pull on my heartstring. That was one of my favorite characters when I did play League of Legends. So mm-hmm. that that's a hard question for me to answer. But because it was one of my favorite characters when I actually played League of Legends, I'm gonna have to go Sinjuani, my favorite. The tree, my least favorite. Gotcha. My favorite, Swain. Yes, for sure. I'm so excited to do some more self damage stuff. I think the way he levels up, it's pretty easy uh, if you build around it. Very excited to play some Swain. Least favorite, definitely Quinn. Uh, yeah, boring. Quinn, Quinn is boring. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Quinn. You're boring. It's so funny because um, it was like we had so much conversation around it when she first came out. And oh, the mechanic is Scout is fascinating. Quinn is boring. Okay. Yeah. And that, the art's boring. Uh, okay. That's and Damas is boring. <laughs> just still you're still not any more convinced uh that Demo- you're not you, you would still I'll, bust all of your Demacia cards <laughs> i'm i might look i'll play a card for, because it's mechanically good you know but it doesn't mean i'm not gonna you know crap on art design that i think is not exciting and i just i don't know hooray for more western culture knights and rangers and stuff Ooh, whoop-de-doo i i I do think i in my opinion though as well i do think that demacia's art is is probably the most boring for me too yep (laughs) um even though that's not my least favorite faction my least favorite faction is noxus um but my the the art the art direction and even in some ways like champion design I think is more interesting in most of the other factions. Um, yeah, than it is no, in I mean I if I I do kind of while we're just to touch on this I really hope that after the set we get a, a Vlad and maybe even a Darius rework. Um, I don't like how those two, I don't like the space those two are in. I mean we all know Vlad isn't doing very well too kind of too hard to play with I me mean, maybe that'll change with this set but because uh, he does do face damage which notably helps uh sejuani notably yeah. helps um the swain. Stuff we just ta- plunder and swain mm-hmm. um but i i will say and and i think darius is just uh, darius is just too predictable and uh, you know i feel if darius just doesn't feel like a champion he feels like a epic card you know what I mean? Just doesn't feel like a champion. And worse than most of the epic cards in Shadow Isles. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. So I, I would love to see Darius and uh uh and Vlad get a rework, but that's my that's my closing thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you for the question, uh Royal Shine. We really appreciate it. And I do want to thank everyone. There's been so much chatter in the Discord, and I've been deeply appreciative of it. Um, I want to thank uh Mary Wallace Storms for hanging out in the chat with us tonight. Um, he says mm-hmm. Demasi is pretty bland, flavorfully or flavorfully, and Fior is annoying. <laughs> we yep. can agree with that. We can agree with that. And also, thank you for pointing out the correction from our last episode about Stormclaw, um, or Ursine, because uh, I I really appreciated 
you know, making sure that we have the correct information on the show. That's, that's really important to me. So, um, I, I really appreciate that. Um, I have one, I have a closing thought. I have a closing thought and then we're going to get out of here. And I thought I was already perfect. Um, so we are in the, in the heat at this particular point in life in the, uh, in the coronavirus outbreak season of life in 2020. Um, I, uh, I've been working with a couple of people. So there's a handful of women from our area who have sewing machines that got really into, they wanted to help in some capacity. And so they organized a whole bunch of people to begin sewing masks. So they bought up basically all of the elastic in the Pittsburgh area and began sewing sewing masks and they suddenly got invites from Allegheny Health Network and a bunch of hospitals locally, uh, a bunch of sort of retirement centers and all sorts of places. So in the last three or four weeks, this network of women have sewn and given away, given away for free over 5,000 masks, 5,000 masks, which is insane. So my closing thought for, for this is it 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 it's just it's relatively simple in a time of life such as we're in you have the choice you can be a dick or you can be helpful choose to be helpful okay just choose to be helpful that's my that's my only closing thought i know that people are frustrated people are angry you got people in my state who are like intentionally protesting without masks on redonkulous um just like you have a choice every day when you wake up and it's not just during the coronavirus you can choose today i could be a dick or I could be helpful, and I'm encouraging you to be helpful and choose not to be a dick. The world is just a better place, even if you're feeling like one that morning, or if that's your persona for some reason, like that's your bag. Like, just stop it. Just quit doing cut it. it out. Yeah, just cut it out. Like, learn how to do life right. What's wrong with you? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> this might be a little blunt, but it's just how I've been feeling recently. It just seems like I'm either around people who are like really want to be helpful and they're being super awesome and they're doing amazing things or people who are just like f using the coronavirus as an excuse to suck. And so don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do yeah, that. Don't... Oh, man. It's just, if you feel like you're going to be a jerk, Go play some Runeterra and blow off some steam. Yeah, or if that doesn't blow off steam, play uh, Animal Crossing or something, because that surely will. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite confident. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's my closing thought for the night, and that's going to about wrap it up for us. Uh, DBN, do you have any last things you want to plug or add? Uh, have fun with this new set, guys. And I just highly encourage everyone to be positive about it i think i don't want to preach i don't want to get on a soapbox you don't i mean i just think that i've been part of so many games where day one there's all this cool new stuff and people still decide to look at the negatives and so when it rolls around to launch day i don't know i think it would be really meaningful if you know just on an individual basis you decide day one to just enjoy it maybe something broken comes out try not to let it get to you Try to enjoy the cool things, and the things you're having fun with, you know, not that one thing that beats you that you, we still haven't figured out how to beat yet. I, I guess I just, I just want everybody to enjoy it and kind of revel in that first new set excitement yes. with yeah. me. 
and it's exciting too. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be on the Discord on release day on Tuesday, and uh, and I'll be around. So uh, be hanging out with me. Uh, please join our Discord. There's a link in the show notes that you can come and join our Discord. Please do that because we want a lot of people in there hanging out on the release day so that we can be talking about the decks, sharing deck codes in our deck channel. Um, so please oh, yeah. share some deck codes there, and we have a bot there that's helping out with that. Um, and uh, and I also put up my my information for my Runeterra account, my Riot account, so that you can friend request me on there so shoot me a friend request please 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 before uh this starts so that we can you know play some games together or or at least Mm -hmm. just i know who's on and and can chat with you back and forth and we can share some deck codes um that's the only plug that i'm gonna give sweet Well, hey, guys, that's it then for episode number 12. Thank you so much for coming and tuning in. I want to thank everybody uh, who hung out in the chat with us tonight. We really appreciate that. Once again, you can always do that whenever we're live streaming and we do make an announcement in Discord. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Legends Cast. Be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.